This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Good morning, Johannesburg CFC. Give the Lord some praise in the house. Hallelujah. Praise God. We had a wonderful prayer meeting on Tuesday night. A revival is breaking out. And thank you for all those on fire believers that came to pray. Be part of that very special meeting. Praise the Lord. All right, today's message is titled, There's Hope for the Future. There is hope for the future. Let's begin. Understanding the difference between faith and hope is very important. Jacob went to work for his uncle Laban. And Laban had two daughters. One was Rachel and the other one was Leah. And Jacob agreed to work seven years free of charge to marry the most beautiful of the two, the younger one, who is Rachel. On the morning after the wedding night, he realized Laban had deceived him by giving him the older one, Leah, instead. So how does that happen? Well, can you imagine that this is a tent, right? There's no electricity in the tent. It's dark. And so Uncle Laban brings him his bride in the dark, and he thinks he's got Leah, uh, Rachel. Meantime, he's got Leah, and uh, she's not nearly as pretty. He wakes up in the morning, and he's very unhappy. So he complains to Uncle Laban, and Uncle Laban says to him, fine, you have to work another seven years for Rachel, but you can have her right now. So he was a real crook. Some years later, Jacob decided to leave Uncle Laban. His uncle realized that he was blessed by God because of Jacob. So Uncle Laban tried everything to get young Jacob to stay and work for him. And Laban said, I'll give you anything you want if you'll stay and work for me. And Jacob then said, okay, fine. If you give me all the sheep and the goats that are born spotted and speckled as my wages, I will stay. And since that was unlikely, probably impossible, Laban agreed very quickly to this idea. You're sure you can have all the spotted and speckled uh, goats and sheep that are born. And uh, now let's, look at, let's have a look and see what Jacob's plan was. Let's go to Genesis 30 and verse 37 and see what he was up to. All right, so Jacob, however, took fresh cut branches from poplar, almond, and plane trees and made white stripes on them by peeling the bark and exposing the white inner wood of the branches. So he took the branches and he took a knife and he cut pieces out of it. So you'd see, through the bark, you'd see a white patch. So you'd see, the, you'd see the brown branch, and then you'd see a white patch every so often. Then he placed the peeled branches in all the watering troughs so that they would be directly in front of the flocks when they came to drink water. All right, so put them in the watering trough. Now, they never had branches in there before. Now they do. Now, when the flocks were in heat and came to drink, they mated in front of the branches, and they bore young that were streaked and speckled and spotted. 
In this way, the man grew exceedingly prosperous and came to own large flocks and maidservants and menservants and camels and donkeys because they all started having spotted and speckled offspring. Now, this little exercise had no effect on the sheep whatsoever. This has been tried through the ages by many different people, and it has never worked again, simply because it had nothing to do with the sheep and the goats. It did affect Jacob, though. As he looked at this, he began to see the spotted and speckled offspring being born. He began to see that. He imagined that, right? All right, now go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 from the NIV translation. So fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Fix our eyes on what you can't see. We fix our eyes on the unseen dream that God promises us in His Word. Then the things we see around us become temporary because they change into things that are not seen. So things that are not seen that we are looking at from the Word of God and imagining become the reality and the things that are seen in the physical change. That's what this is saying. Satan doesn't want you to expect anything. Nothing favorable, at least. Satan wants you to expect the worst in the future. Satan wants to destroy our ability to dream. He wants to destroy our ability to dream. Because Satan knows about its power. He is afraid. Satan, the devil is afraid of the power of dreaming. Every time your hopes have been crushed and dashed and broken, it's simply because they have been placed in people, and people are not often reliable. Now, place your hopes and dreams in God and in His Word, and they will come to pass. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, we read, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, or for our soul. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. According to the Scripture, Hope is vitally important. Without it, we have no anchor. We're like a ship drifting out in sea without an anchor. But hope gives our soul stability, makes us stable. It's an anchor for the soul. Now, what is the soul? The soul family consists of the will, the mind, and the emotions. The will, the mind, and the emotions. So, Hope affects the will, the mind, and the emotions. We're not talking about the spirit here or the heart. The will, the mind, and the emotions. That's the soul. A future hope of a dream gives enthusiasm and motivation to use our faith. So when you have a dream, it encourages you to use your faith to bring that dream to pass. A dream will cause you to repair your faith engines and turn them on. Sometimes our faith engine has been turned off and gone to sleep 
And some folks just drift through life, never using their faith. But when you have hope, you'll turn those engines back on and they'll start working again. Hebrews 6.18 says, Lay hold of the hope set before you, before us. Lay hold of the hope set before us. Don't give up. Let's hope. God wants us to hope. A man with no, no reason to live won't drink his medicine. If a person has no hope in this world, nothing to live for, and he gets sick, he's not going to drink his medicine. Why, why live? He'll just die. A man with no, no hope for the future won't use his faith. But a man who has hope for the future will use his faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for. Say so that. Faith is being sure of what I hope for. If we don't hope for something, faith won't bring it to us. Hope and faith work together. You can see in verse 1 here, Hebrews 11, now faith is being sure of what we hope for. So you see, faith and hope work together. It's like taking vitamin D and vitamin C. Both work together and the sum total is greater than the individual sum of those two vitamins. So, Without vitamin C, vitamin D doesn't work well. And without vitamin D, vitamin C doesn't work well. But when you put them together, it's dynamite. Okay? And that's how faith and hope works. You have to have both. You have to have hope. Don't give up hope. Otherwise, you're not going to use your faith. What's the use? That's, the, that's what you're going to say. All right, Matthew twelve thirty-five says, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. So the good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth the good things. And the evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth the evil things. So what is this treasure in the heart? Well, it's the Word of God. It's the hopes and the dreams that we have. Because when you have hopes and dreams you'll begin to speak them forth, and faith will work. So from the heart, it'll come to pass. Where is a dream to be kept? Put that dream in your heart. Put the dream in your heart. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinketh or dreameth in his heart, so is he. As you think or dream in your heart, so are you. You see, whatever you dream about, that's what you'll be. It's instant. When you have the dream... You have what, it, what the dream is. You have what the dream is. That's what God is saying. If you can actually dream it, you will have it. And that's what happened right here to Jacob. Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Or you might say the dream in your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the dream or desire or hope that's in your heart. Look continually at the promise in God's Word, and also look continually at something that brings your dream to mind. Look at something that brings that dream to mind, like Jacob did. He looked, he looked at the branches, 
Look at something that brings your dream to mind. Like Jacob did. Close your eyes and see it. Now, how do you see yourself in three years' time? Is that a good question? How do you see yourself in three years' time? What's in your heart? What dream do you have right now? If you are poor right now, do you see yourself poor in three years' time or do you see yourself prospering? How do you see yourself? Because as you think in your heart, so are you. Change your heart dream. If you are in debt now, are you in debt three years' time? How do you see yourself? If you are sick right now, do you see yourself still sick in three years' time? What's in your heart? If you are overweight right now, do you see yourself overweight in three years' time? Or do you see yourself ripped and looking good? What do you see in your heart? Because that's what you'll be. Change the dream. If you have a problem now, do you see that problem in three years' time or not? If you don't like your job now, do you see yourself working there again or still in three years' time? If you're not satisfied with your salary right now, do you see yourself earning the same salary in three years' time? I'm just asking, what dream is in your heart? You've got to change the dream before you change the circumstance. If your family is not saved right now, do you see them unsaved in three years' time or do you see them serving God in church next to you? If you have strained family relationships right now, just not getting on, do you see that being that way in three years' time or do you see everybody hugging and kissing and having a great family Christmas dinner together in three years' time? How do you see it? Change that picture in your mind. Find a picture that reminds you of the thing you want to achieve in your life. Find a picture of the thing you want to have in your life. Find a picture that reminds you of the victory that you are desiring. And look at it. Look at it. Whatever it is that you want, find a picture of it. Put that picture in a place where you will keep looking at it, maybe on the fridge door or some place that you can't avoid looking at. That's exactly what Jacob did with those branches. That is now called the Jacob principle. The Jacob principle. Keep looking at that picture. Start dreaming of achieving what you see. Look at the picture until you move into it becomes a reality in your heart and mind. Till you move into it. Until you start living in the future. Till you start living in that picture. Till you start living in that dream. Keep looking at it. Put that, maybe put a few of those pictures in your house. Live in your picture until it fills your heart. Then from the overflow of what's in your heart, you will start confessing it from your mouth. Because the Bible says what's in the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. You can always tell what's in a man's heart by his words. So from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So fill your heart with that dream, that picture. Look at it and write the promise from the Scripture across the picture. Live in it until it fills your heart. Then from the overflow of that dream in your heart, you will start confessing it with your mouth. Now you're using faith. The moment you start speaking it, and telling people about it, 
now you're exercising faith. So unconsciously, you have begun using your faith to bring that hope into the physical. Hope will ignite your faith. Hope will get your faith to start working again. We need hope. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. We looked at that already. And then Proverbs 29, 18. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Where there's no hope or dream, the people perish. For example, you might want to take the family on an overseas vacation or holiday. Get pictures of that country and put them all over your home. Put the pictures everywhere. Let your kids look at it. You look at it. You might want to buy a certain car, a brand new car. Get pictures of it. You know, every time I saw the particular car I'm driving right now, which I've had three years, for about five years before I bought this car, I, um, I would tell everybody I saw, when I saw that car, if I was with anybody in my car with me or walking down the street and I saw that car go by, I would say to that person, you see that car? I'm buying one of those. That's my next car. And I've dreamed it. I believed it. And I bought it. Of course, I paid off too. It's debt free. So praise the Lord. I paid off within about six months. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord gave me the money for it. Do that. Get pictures of it. Put them all over your home. And write Mark 11, 23 on the picture. That whosoever should say to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will come to pass, and have whatever he says. And start saying it. Every time you see that picture, say, I have that. I own that. That's my car. That's my holiday. Begin to speak it. I believe I have the money to buy it. I believe I have the money to buy it. I see myself driving it. I see myself on vacation right there. Then God will begin to lead you unconsciously and consciously towards your dream. He'll lead you consciously and unconsciously to your dream. Bring it to pass. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So when you start dreaming like that, God begins to order your steps. The steps of a good man are ordered or directed by the Lord. Doors will begin to open supernaturally, mysteriously. Things will change, improve, and move you toward your dream. Faith reaches into the realm of hope and brings those hopes into the realm of the physical. Say that with me. Faith reaches into the realm of hope and brings those hopes into the realm of the physical. Remember, Faith is our arm in the spirit world. You've got a physical arm, but you also have a spiritual arm. And faith is your spiritual arm in the spiritual world. With which we are able to take a hold of our hopes and our dreams and bring them into the material world. Bring the hope and dream into the physical world by our faith. So how do we do that? 
Well, listen carefully now. Hope says, I would really like to have that. Hope says, I really would like to have that. But faith says, I have it now. Faith says, I have it now. I have the money for it. You see, when you say, I have it now, I have the money for it now, then your arm of faith is taking hold of that dream and giving it substance, giving it materiality, bringing it into the physical world. Hope will think about it. Hope will dream about it. But faith will go and get it. Praise God. So that hope, say this, hope will think about it. Hope will dream about it. Now say this, but faith will go and get it. Say this, hope says, say this, hope says, I would really like to have that. Now say this, faith says, I have it now. I have it now. Praise God. So we need hope and we need faith. There is hope for the future. There's plenty of it in this book. Promises that God gave us. Get pictures of the promise that you trust in God for. Whatever it might be, and God will bring it to pass. Nothing can stop God when He works. Nothing. Say so this, nothing can stop. Again, nothing can stop God's Word from working for me. Again, nothing can stop God's Word from working for me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. All righty then. Every head bowed, please. And every eye closed. How many would say, Dr. Theo, I don't know where I'm going when I pass. I could go to heaven. I hope I do. I might wake up in the fires of hell, but I'm not sure. I really want to be sure. Can you help me? Yes, I can. So while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and Christians are praying. I invite all of you that are not sure about your eternal destiny to think about this. If you would like God to speak to your heart right now in the service and confirm with your heart that you are God's child and that you will go to heaven, if you want God to give you that assurance now, then when I count to three, if you'll slip up your hand and by the upraised hand, that'll show God you're asking God to give you that assurance. He will give it to you. God will not invade your life without you inviting Him to come in. So when you put your hand up, you're saying, God, I'm inviting you to speak to me and give me the assurance I will go to heaven. So when you put your hand up, God sees it, and He will speak to you. You'll go home a changed person, right? Are you ready for that? So I'm going to count to three. You put your hand up, and then I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. You stay where you are. I'm going to pray for you, okay? All right. Here we go. I'm counting now. One, two, three. Put those hands up. All right. Praise God. I see hands going up everywhere. That's wonderful. All right. Now, what I'd like you to do if somebody's coming to, your, to you right now to put their hand on your shoulder to let you know how much we love you and Jesus loves you while I say this prayer. They're coming right now. 
workers in the church are coming to put their hands on your shoulders right now. Keep your head bowed, keep your eyes closed until they get to you. All right, now I'm going to pray. Now I'm going to pray. Let's quickly move with this, leaders. Thank you. All right. Now, I invite everybody that raised their hand to stand up on your feet. Now, stay at your chair. I'm going to pray for you while you stand. We're going to stand before the Lord as I pray right where you are. Just stay standing, and I'm going to pray for you right there at your seat. Stand up right now, and the person is, keep your hand on their shoulder, please. Let them know we love them, and Jesus loves them while I pray this prayer. All right. Now, I invite everybody to say this prayer with me, please. Everybody say this prayer with me, especially those who have their hands raised and you're standing up right now. This is so important. Your, your eternity is going to change now, today. All right, so say this prayer with me, everybody, especially those who are standing. Dear God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross in my place. You punished him for my sins so I can be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Come into my heart. Save my life. Praise God. I am saved. I'm God's child. I'm bound for heaven. I declare Jesus is my Savior. And Jesus is the Lord of my life. And I will live for Jesus with all of my heart until I see Jesus face to face on that day. Praise God. I'm saved. I'm bound for heaven. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.